Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, coordinator of the talk series here at the Abbey. For this podcast, I paired up Olivier Award-nominated actor Killian Donnelly with musical aficionado and artistic director of the Project Arts Centre, Keen O'Brien. In this podcast, Keen talks to Killian about the significance of his Abbey debut in Frank McGuinness's Donegal. They talk about West End success, the beckoning of Broadway, the mechanics of musical theatre, and what to do after your dreams come true. Enjoy this podcast. Hi, Killian. Hi, Keen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, so here we are in the sound booth above the Abbey Theatre stage, um, which is very exciting. And thank you for uh, thank you for taking the time to talk. Not to at me. all. It's a great view. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's uh, it's lovely to see see the stage from this height. Um, so you're currently playing Jackie Day in Frank McGuinness's Donegal on the Abbey yeah. stage. Um, and maybe on the we, Abbey stage. On the Abbey stage. Isn't that the coolest sentence I know, ever? Right? It's great. Is that and is that a real for you as a an actor when you got the call for I don't know if it was an audition or an offer? Was it's it like the pinnacle? It's growing up in Ireland, being an actor, you would walk by the Abbey Stage, uh, Abbey Theatre. You would go to shows at the Abbey Theatre. You would learn about it in your art history books and all this yeah. stuff. It was just if you did a show at the Abbey, you were an actor. You were an Irish actor, and it's it's it's. So I was in. Uh, the middle of a show in London and my agent called and usually the phone call starts with so we've had an audition come through so we've had a meeting set up so these people would like to meet you and he just said so the Abbey Theatre have been on the phone and I went oh my god and he went what and I go we have to do this oh well hang on now let me just explain what it is it's a an original original play we have to do this (laughs) we have to do this and he goes well it's actually a musical play oh my god it was just ticking the boxes yeah what Killian's CV was like and then he said an original Frank McGuinness play and I remember reading Factory Girls years ago it was like one of the first plays I ever read that and Philadelphia Here I Come and it was uh, Brian Friel and Frank McGuinness just putting the two beside each other then I was I read Observe the Sons by Frank I when I got this job I picked up The Hanging Gardens read that mm. And there's always a similar theme throughout his plays that I've really liked, like family and stuff, and and this darkness and this this like ability to say what you want, yeah, face to face. And I was just an original Frank McGuinness play was just too good an opportunity to turn down. Yeah, it was also I heard he had seen me in a, in Memphis, a show I did in London, and the character was sort of. Uh, a success in the radio disc jockey era of the 1950s where Jackie Day leaves home and becomes a success in singer-songwriter mm-hmm. so I think it was a, a similar themes that he liked but he heard me sing and he heard, saw me act and he was like that's Jackie so speaking to him throughout rehearsals it was a thing of he, he and I did that thing of listening to interviews as well but he was like no when I saw Killian I was thinking that's the guy we want for Jackie Great. which is the biggest and best compliment you can ever yeah, get in your career absolutely. when Frank McGuinness wants you for a role that he's written. Do you know what I mean? It's just, Amazing. It's just ridiculous. And tell, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what the rehearsal process was like with Conal Morrison, who's the director, and Frank, obviously, and the ensemble, the mm. incredible ensemble of actors yeah. that the, the Abbey have put together for this show. Yeah, it's like there's nine of us on stage, so we're all ensemble characters. But then our, our musical director... Uh, Conor Linehan said to us think of each of you as a lead role and in a way we are because we each have so much in the play that we get to explore our characters and everyone else's relationships between each other Mm. 
and rehearsals was six weeks and for the first week and a half we just sat around a table and we read the script over and over again starting to know the characters asking any question you wanted to ask so there were no stupid questions mm. it's gone it could be anything from i don't understand the relationship between this to i don't know what that word means yeah and it was a very safe place which connell set for us and it was very there was no these directors who will shout and try and get emotion out of you connell was just so placid and it just became this real safe environment where you could try new things and he will go i know the intention you had there let's ex- let's explore that mm-hmm. or that was completely wrong because of this X, Y, and Z. And and those things are what you want from a director. Frank was there in the room and it was so lovely to ask the writer, the person who thought up of this character that you're creating, why would I say that? And he'd give you a backstory of what he thought. Rather than doing this play 10 years from now and mm. getting it going, I don't understand that. I wonder why that's there. We could ask all these questions and it would allow us to sort of put that on the stage so as to explain it more. And... I love when people uh, come up to you in the bar afterwards and they go, I completely got that moment between you and your aunt or you and your mom because I thought this must have happened in the past. And we go, yes, that's what we were trying for. Yeah. And that is everything. When you achieve that, it's it's a success. And that's all down to the rehearsals. Yeah. And the play is built, it's built as a play with music. Mm. Can you explain a little bit what that means? Yeah, so it's either a play with music or a musical play. And I guess people, for to make it easier, want it to be a musical or a play so that they can... But it's its own entity, really, because yeah. a musical is where the... Uh, if you were to say, come on, I'm going down to the shops, and then you'd get a chord, and then you'd sing about walking down the street to the shops to pick up a loaf of bread, and a musical number happens, and the ensemble come on and sing. Yeah. It's entertaining, it's great to watch, but it doesn't necessarily fuel the narrative. Yes. Um, with a musical play, what we're trying to do is the songs we sing, as I'm a singer-songwriter, uh, are songs that Jackie has written. My character has written and it's based on his experiences through growing up in Donegal with the family. So he will sing a song drunk in front of his family and scream it in their face. However, the song could be a success, a number one hit in America. And it's only then and there that the family go, that's what that song means? You wrote that about that about us? It's called Broken Glass Slippers. And so that fuels the narrative rather than I'm singing a song drunk and this is the drunk song. Yeah. That's what music, that's what different, and, and a play, of course, will have no music, could have a music when uh, changing a scene or a set change or something like that. But we constantly are fueling the narrative and... Because it's the thing of six weeks rehearsals. That's what we try to discover. That's what we try yeah. to to create, really. What is a musical play? And we asked all those questions when we'd get to a point in the show going, if we do this, we're becoming a musical. So mm. we'd have to go back. Okay. So there was a lot of clashes, like love, in a lovely way. A lot of clashes, a lot of, okay, we need to address this. Okay, right, the call tomorrow is 10 a.m. to address this. Oh, okay, we don't need to address it. <laughs> but it was it was worth it when you put it up on stage. Yeah. And in terms of the, I suppose, the rehearsal process, you, you have a huge amount of experience performing in large musicals on the West End. And is the, is the, the process that you used 
that you worked with this with this play with music different from that for West End production? yeah yeah really it's only now that you say it really good question I'm, I'm sort of thinking about it I approached it the same way but then I had to change and one of the reasons I wanted to come because I, I haven't trained as an actor or as a singer so I'm always learning and working mm-hmm. with people so to come to the Abbey and work with there's nine of us in the cast to work with eight other people I will get their process I will get Deirdre Donnelly's process John Kavanagh's process all these amazing actors and they'll come up to me and ask me how do you sing this how do mm. you how do you work on this where when you approach a musical if it's a show that's already been running somewhere like a lame is or a phantom you are slipping into someone else's shoes as I say it uh, so you just stand where they stood 20 years ago when they did the original or 30 and you just sing the notes that are written mm. Uh, so you you suit the part physically and you can sing it and you suit what has been there before. When you're creating something new, you make up on the spot where you want to go, what you want to do when you talk about it. it. It's different where where we're creating something and where a big, huge West End musical will be, if you, unless it's a brand new one, will be sort of concentrating on the music, the dance numbers, mm-hmm. those numbers where the acting... Uh, focus and relationships between the two come later those were sort of the first things we concentrated okay. on and in terms of I suppose for your voice in, in in terms of the approach for this was the new play new material new songs was it was it a was there a lot more work for you to do in terms of your voice you know you're obviously you're used to, as you said you're, you you have taken par- parts in musicals that have run yeah. for a long a long time and yeah. you're essentially you know you sing it the way it's written. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with this, there's a maybe there's more interpretation to be done. Absolutely. Is that, is that a different challenge for your voice? It is. Like with Kinky Boots uh, in the West End, the last show I did, Cindy Lauper wrote the music. And so I came from a sort of a lame is classic vibrato. So I had a, mm-hmm. a vibrato in my voice. When I got into Kinky Boots, Cindy Lauper wanted to get rid of that and said, it's pop, so you need to sing silky, which meant more air more pushing air through my throat and singing and holding the notes. I get into Donegal and it's country and western. So talking to Connor Linehan, we needed to get those 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 hum and slads and all that as you sing. So it's not pop and it's not vib, it's something else. The thing is, it takes six weeks for that to mould into my voice so that I'm able to do the seven shows a week. Yeah. Rather than getting in three shows and I go, I've no voice. You need to exercise the muscle so it's it's been an app that it's been the like the same challenge as anything if not more because i've never done country and western before and it's to ha it's to be authentic and sell yeah. it like he could sing country and western yeah yeah can we move on maybe to talk a little bit about the musical theater scene in ireland mm-hmm. and i suppose you've you've obviously been in london for the last 10 years or so let's say and with huge success in the west end and now frank has lured you back to to dublin um wh- what do you think the musical theater scene here is like or do you have a sense of it even? well no growing up growing up it was it was what i was good at and i wanted to i wanted to get into it but unfortunately there was no schools to go to to study a musical theatre course and I would love to do what I do at home I miss home so mm-hmm. much I, I have to go to London to do what I do yeah. I have to go to New York to do what I do I would love of course there's like it's a West End it's a Broadway there's no there's the board gosh now which can, can house these shows but of course they tour around Um, the musical theatre it's to get more of it out there we did a Sweeney Todd 
years ago at the gate and it was successful and it was something new and people mm. were going what is this about but people go and see it and goes that's incredible so I love when people at once was just at the Olympia yeah. and that comes for a short summer period I love people love music people love songs that stop the stop the show and sort of allow you to relax and you come out and they go we love that so mm. it's there there is an appeal for it I, I was lucky enough to teach at uh, whilst I've been here do a musical theatre course with the, uh, a workshop with DIT American College in Dublin and the students are incredible the talent is amazing where when I went over to London and have been in shows it equals it's so it's so the same of like what the notes they can hit mm. they're they're the way that how they approach things technically it's all being taught to them here but to if you want a West End show, show of course you, you have to leave. go over there yeah, yeah. it would be it's it's that thing it's like it's like anywhere it's you can get little musical theatre shows but I think the more important thing is to have a course that you can study here rather than at 17, 18 going I want to do musical theatre I have to move to London Yeah, you don't anymore because there are courses here and that's the first stepping stone I guess to having more of a musical theatre approach to, to, to yeah. Ireland and in, I, I, do you think there's a big divide between the amateur and the professional musical theatre scenes? Because, I mean, the amateur musical scene here is enormous mm. um, and the professional musical scene is small. Mm. But do you think there's a do you think there's a rift or a divide between those two communities? I or? don't know, actually. I would hope there's not um, because I grew up in the Amdram. And if you if you want to like if you wanted to grow, we all need to support one another mm. rather than look down our noses. And I have always worn my badge of Amdram on me walking into professional auditions yeah. and they love it Les Miserables my first audition they went where did you train and I went I haven't I grew up in the Amdram background okay sing us a song and you'd sing and they would love it mm. they would love that sort of he can sing and he really loves this sort of this sort of show and what, yeah. what he does because that's why we get into Amdram because we love it yeah. to rehearse two nights a week to rehearse two nights a week for three months and put on a show for a week yeah. it's that we do it out of love it's so a huge commitment unless yeah. unless you've started in that way you're only you're only going to jump into mm. professional the thing is people have seen my journey and go oh I'll do what he did or they ask my mum how did Killian do it and I got a lot of luck and a lot of there was a lot of drive in me because mm. I'm very much oh, I'm going to do this I'm going to try that for a while uh, now I'm going to give that up and I'm going to try this for a while because I like just changing and doing things. So I, I, I was like, I'm going to move to London uh, next week. And I just headed over and it was literally that. And I'm going to knock on a door and I'm going to get an agent. I'm knocking on agents' doors doing this. And one agent gave me an audition for Les Mis. So I went in. But it was just like wearing my heart on my sleeve yeah. going, this is it. This is who I am. Uh, and my CV was Amdram semi-professional shows. I'd done a few professional shows from... Uh, Gatey Panto to to the gate. So, uh, okay, yeah. So it was things like that that I had built up a bit of a CV, but nothing strong enough or to say training. Yes, Everyone, okay. everyone's uh, CV or biog in a West End program training is the first thing. Mountview, Rada, Mountview, Rada, Artsed, Guildford, Mindset, Killian hails from Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. It was it yeah. was just that. But I I didn't say grown up in the Amdram, but. I would if like I would no I would always support professional I would always support Amdram it's not to look down at Amdram and Amdram aren't look, to look down at professional mm. otherwise we're just 
we're just shooting each other in the foot yeah. rather than support it. If you don't like something, this is the thing. I, if you don't like anything, don't say anything at all. Where I've gone to see shows and it hasn't been the best, but I don't publicly announce it. It's that thing of it just wasn't my taste. Yeah. Where I could see something that I absolutely love and I'll go, it's incredible, go and yeah. see it. It's the same with Amdram. Some people in Amdram will think they know everything about it. And the, the, the scene is epic. Yes. Epic. I've gone to award ceremonies and it's so amazing to have those sing songs at 5 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. We're all singing Les Mis. And that's where I learnt Les Mis songs from the sing songs at 5 a.m. And then I went to see the show and I went, oh my God, that, that's from, <laughs> that was from that night. That song makes so much sense now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's tragic. <laughs> yeah. And how did you get involved in that amateur? In, in, like, what made you think, oh, I'll go and be join this? amateur musicals group or whatever it was was it encouraged by your family or school well mum and dad always sang and when I was uh, nine years old I gave the performance of my life as Fagin in Oliver in a little school show so amazing I was particularly incredible and then when I was 11 I did the cowardly line and they were always these things I wanted to just do little do little shows I loved standing on. I became more comfortable on a stage and I remember the first time I did a little joke and I got a laugh and I went, oh, I like this. Yeah, it, that was the that was the encouraging thing. And then you would go back to school and you'd learn maths or you'd learn English or Irish. And I was going, this is boring. I want to get up. I want to entertain. Mm. I want to show off. So it was until I was about 12, 13. And I went to see my local amateur musical society production of Jesus Christ Superstar. And Willie Byrne, who has played Jesus uh, he's from Navin he's played Jesus in the West End and toured he was Jesus and I remember I'll never forget the image of Judas hanging himself and the lights came up and you just saw the, the hanging body in the middle mm. and I was like oh my god is he okay it was just it was just that moment of that's the first thing I just remember these images going I want to do that and the lights hit him and it was just stunning uh, then the following year they did Joseph as amazing technical dream coat I went to see that and they had kids it kids from 9 to 12 and I was going how are they in the society but of course it's the local school so I plagued my mum going I need, I should get into this I should be allowed but there was an age limit if you wanted to join the society you had to be 16 okay and you had to pay a membership fee so when I was 15 I went in and said can I join and you're meeting this lovely guy it's not any anything sort of whoa hang on he was like yeah if you want now I'm 15 ah go on you'll be grand yeah pay 60 euro membership or whatever it was did that bring your black trousers and black shoes yeah and we did Oliver and this is the thing a professional director will come down from Dublin or we had Brian Flynn from Waterford come in oh yeah okay and uh, he he directed me in Oliver and I got Noah Claypole small little few lines but I'll never forget the set was just in the community centre was so much bigger than anything I'd done before and I loved it I absolutely loved it and so from that Brian sort of went you've got potential so I want you in this show that I'm actually doing in Dublin have you got a car can you drive yeah 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 and you get wouldn't get paid for it I just did it because I loved yeah. it um, and that sort of built up and built up and it was my leaving cert year I was 18 I was about 17, 18 and I got into the woods in Dublin and then I was playing Cinderella's Prince and from that I went to Waterford into the festival there and I won like best Irish singer. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, I won an award. But someone saw me, Peter Beckett saw me in Into the Woods and uh, auditioned me for the Gaiety Panto. So when I was 19, I did my first professional job, the Gaiety Panto, and I couldn't believe I was getting paid 
weekly to do at times nearly 14 shows yeah. do you know a week or something but it was just epic I was like so p- this does happen you can get paid for doing this and uh, I did that few pantos few summer projects and after that I was like right and at 22 23 I was like right I'm gonna go to London try it out for a while yeah was that your question that was <laughs> yeah yeah no you totally answered it and just kind of I suppose connected to that slightly was do you remember the moment where you were like I know I can sing or like was like I can really sing like do you remember a moment where you could realize that you had the voice that you had I think it um I think it was I always I always had a voice because mom and dad sung but when it comes to like a power or being able to maintain it for the eight shows a week yeah. I got that from doing Les Mis for three years okay so when I was like about nine, I think about nine, eight or nine, uh, I was singing in the local choir and all this stuff and I'd get to sing a solo. And you get people going, oh, you have a lovely voice. But when I, that just, I always had a lovely voice or people would go, and the stupid thing is you get the confidence mm. and you get an ego by going, I can sing, I can sing. So the best lesson I ever got was going over to Les Mis and singing in an audition and someone went to me you've a great voice Killian and I sort of said thank you in a sort of a oh I know stupidly I went not being sarcastic or it was just like oh thanks very much I've heard that before in my head yeah and then he said but you've the worst technique I've ever seen in my life and I just went oh I didn't understand what he meant yeah and he goes you won't last uh, eight shows a week you'd probably get through about three because I sang from the throat and if the song was three minutes, I'd give it all for three minutes where you have to actually think of singing for three hours for two shows in the day. So through an agent, I got a singing teacher who gave me six lessons. And I suddenly went from singing with my throat to singing from my diaphragm, my belly and lasting a week, completely lasting a week. And then being able to sing falsetto, being able to sing with my throat up to like say a Wednesday or a Thursday and then oh god it's a bit tickly there and then just singing vib from my belly and you'd get through the week and that's what became the professional way to sing to sort of be able to have a grasp on your voice and know every single thing about it going this is starting to go I need to turn push towards this and get the air from here those those sort of things were a challenge at the start and what was the moment where you kind of felt and maybe you already kind of mentioned this with the gaiety panto, but what what was the moment where you felt, oh, I can actually make a career out of this? Um, was it before that, or no? I think it was. I think it was after the gaiety, where I did the gaiety, and then there was nothing for about like six months. So I went mm. working in a factory, putting cushions into cushion sleeves, <laughs> um, and then that summer, I think I did like a singing in the rain for about two months. And then you're back on getting a wage going, I'm doing what I love. Mm. But I'd say that to people going, I want to do it professionally. They go, if you want to do it for a year, go try it in London. And from working with people, they go, because I've seen people in London and you have what it takes. So off the back of that, I said, OK, I'll do it. Yeah. And it was that was the moment of driving me going, just I want to do this professionally. I want to yeah. do it. And then. I went for four auditions for Les Mis across a period of like five months whilst flying back and forth from Ireland. And I had moved to London by the time it was my final audition. And I didn't hear anything for three months. So I gave up and I went, ah. Oh. And then my uh, and then I was switching agents and then I get a phone call. This is uh, Cameron McIntosh Limited Company. 
was like, oh, uh, can you tell us what agent you're with? And I went, blah, blah, blah. And they went, okay. And I went, what's this for? It's just uh, an offer for Les Mis. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, my, what? <laughs> and that's the moment it changed in my head where yeah. I went, okay. So I went, oh, it's this. So I sat by the phone just looking at it for properly 10 minutes and nothing rang. And then I started thinking for those 10 minutes going, so you're going to do this professionally. You're going to do it eight shows a week. Uh, but then you start questioning it going, it's probably only going to be for two weeks and then someone else will come in and do it. Uh, and then my agent rang goes, no, it's a 12-month contract, which I'd never heard before. Everything yeah. was in weeks. 12-week contract, yeah. an eight-week contract, 16-week contract. It's a 12-month contract uh, at the Queen's Theatre in London, just off Shaftesbury Avenue in the West End. Uh the, it was a role of a swing which covers I didn't know what it was it covers all the ensemble boys so I was like oh I'm not going to be on stage but with Lame is you're always on stage so that was the first moment where I went this is it you're going to do it you're a professional actor now and mm. you've got a West End credit on your CV so from that I said I'd ground myself and I'd properly learn I'd watch people I'd watch how to get through it and then I could see people suffering with their voice and i go maybe he should do this thinking quietly or maybe he or she should do this and they would and I'd talk to the Valjeans talk to the Javers I was just a lovely Irish lad who people were interested in yeah. and, and, and it really like that's the first moment when I was like yeah this is it now. and do you think that kind of like innocent abroad worked for you worked in your favour in London I think it yeah. did yeah I, I, I remember my third second or third audition we had moved to they put you on the stage so when you walk out onto the stage and and there in the an empty auditorium you're there standing looking at the stage and going wow wow but i everyone was dressed in black black trousers black shirt black tie the girls were in black frocks black tights and i walked in in like green combats and a blue stripy t-shirt and you had to go to the stage door of the queen's theater and I was just, I had been used to Irish musical theatre auditions where you get a text, come on in, we want to hear you sing. Yeah. So you just rock up. It doesn't matter. It's all about presentation over there. And I had no clue of that. But they loved it. Les Mis look for something unique and potential mm. they look for. And I, I, that was the wonderful thing when I went into the audition and I stood on the, sta- uh, stood on the stage. And they said, how are you today, Killian? Welcome back. Thank you for flying over. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Was I meant to wear black today? And they all laughed. But I was genuinely going, I didn't <laughs> I didn't read the email. I didn't know if I was meant to wear And they go, no, no, no. Just people tend to just dress up for us. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. Sorry if I looked like this. I, I, a genuine apologetic, as we always do as Irish people. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, loving it. But Cameron McIntosh, later, in later years, I heard him say, um, uh, when I'd been in the show two or three years, uh, I it was the uh, I was doing an audition singing opposite people, and he was in the auditorium. I wasn't being auditioned. I was already in the show just to sing opposite, and uh, a Welsh person came on, and someone said, "Oh, you have an Irish man versus a Welsh man," and Cameron said, "The Irish and the Welsh, there's something in the water. They belong in Les Mis. It's like the show's written for their mm. voices." I, and that was that was always a thing that that was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah. But it's like you look at Colin Wilkinson original Valjean it's things like that that really that really stand out uh, that make it what yeah. it is and it, as tell us can I can we talk about like your first few days in Les Mis like after you got the call and you're going you're in for your yeah. rehearsal like what was that like was it was that... it was it was nerve wracking it was the first day of school and it, it was 
you get the address where you have to meet the American church on Tottenham Court Road off this beside such and such. And I was like five minutes late and I was nearly like stupidly in tears going, that's it, they're going to fire me because this is professional. Yeah. And I walk in and there's a company manager. What's a company manager? Hmm. And I walk in and I ring him and he goes, hello. And I go, I'm so sorry. I'm, I can't find the bed. He goes, calm down. You're absolutely fine. And he, later years, he had known that I was this Irish lad who was doing his first West End show and they were going to keep an eye on me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To sort of see how he how he's getting on. And day one, I walk in and everyone knows everyone in some way. Everyone knows about at least four people from going to college. Or you know such and such and we're friends with such and such. And I knew no one. I was walking in to... 28 cast members going oh my god all the creatives the resident director came up shook my hand who auditioned me he goes welcome to Les Miserables and that was a moment of oh my god so all the chairs were in a circle so I just walked over to a chair and put a bag down and I'm just smiling and there was like coffees and buns so I said I'll just go over and give myself tea and then I met someone over at the table and I hear this Northern Ireland accent how are you I'm Mark and I went, uh, uh, hi, Mark, I'm Killian. You Irish? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Meath. Oh, my God, I'm from uh, Derry. How are you? And his name was Mark Dugdale, and he knew a friend. We had a mutual friend, so I was like, cool, I'll latch on to him. And he was in the ensemble, and because I was a swing, there were three male swings and two female swings. So soon enough, the five of us started talking, and that was like day one of just everyone getting to know each other. But... We started learning the material and you're there singing things like One Day More, the People song, all these. And you're learning your harmony. But as a swing, you have to learn all the harmonies. Uh, so we're recording them. And it was day three where the dance captain comes up to me and he goes, how are you getting on? I was like, yeah, 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 I'm getting on grand. I'm just taking in all the notes and uh, watching them uh, in the lovely lady scene, watching where that character walks through because I'll have to follow him and do all this. Okay, cool. Do you know what a swing is? And I go, I really don't. I really don't. And he goes, no, you should have asked me that day one. You're absolutely fine. Just holding it in. And he goes, a swing covers all the ensemble boys. So when they go off sick or they go on holidays, you will be on for them. So I will say to you someday, you're on for the character Brujon. So you will have to go into your file and look at from scene one to the final scene where Brujon goes, where he changes who he plays. And I go, brilliant. I get you now. I'll do that. So the first three days were me kind of winging it by day, by the end of day three and four, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, and then it was, we did four weeks rehearsals and day one of the show I get a phone call because we wouldn't be on for the first four weeks of the show. And ma, my mom was flying over to watch the first show, even though I'd be doing a warning off stage. I'd just be singing one line off stage. and But she still wanted to hear me sing off stage. And I remember ringing her and I go, you won't believe this. One of the ensemble lads is after breaking his ankle. I'm on. So I was on for the first two weeks in this new contract and I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, the whole set came on, it pivoted, it the revolve kicked in mm. and I was on it going, this is amazing. I'm thinking I'll be professional rather than show my glee, like go woo. But yeah. as we got on it for the first time and in the middle of the show, the whole cast just went woo. <laughs> and you'd say things to each other like, where lame is, where yeah. lame is. So it was things like that where I went, this is, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. But that was... The first four days of Les Mis was kind of winging it, mm. not knowing exactly 
what I was doing. Yeah. But, but I got away with it. And you did Les Mis for three years yeah. in the West End, yeah. playing different parts. Yeah, so I did Swing, and then the second year I stayed as a Swing, but covered Valjean, Javert, and Andres. And then the third year I played Andres. Okay, wow. So changing things yeah. every year, because you just want to go into your next audition with a strong CV going, okay, you did different things, rather yeah. than I played the one role in Les Mis for ten three years. years. Yeah. yeah. And did you see it... Um, I suppose, how did you get through the three years? Because we, I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording, but that that um, sense of doing something for going to the same place every day for three years, mm. you know, and that's very unusual for an actor yeah. to be in that to be in that kind of situation. And does it become monotonous or did you have to find ways to make keep keep the performance fresh? See, that's why that's why I think it's actually harder. So you've got the Hollywood actors who get you get that's the dream that people go I'm a Hollywood actor and I've done this movie and I won an Oscar and all this stuff but they only have to do uh, one shot at this 16 times dude give me 16 different takes of that line and you're filmed and then an editor will put it together and it's all that And but we do the 8 shows a week for 6 days a week for 12 months and you have to maintain your voice your stamina your energy and the performance and that was the biggest challenge because yeah by the two shows on a Wednesday a three hour show by Wednesday night you're knackered and you're going I don't think I can get through this but you'd have a Red Bull and then that's when the cast go come on and one more hour and then and then you sleep Thursday day and then you're back in to do it on Thursday night Saturday night you are no you know you've Sunday off so that's when you sort of relax so it, 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 it was that thing of just keeping the stamina up and trying to get through it what was the question <laughs> it was I suppose, yeah it was about how you keep it fresh as well as the other thing is yeah. how do you, you yeah know. it does become it does sort of come across like a 9 to 5 job where you're clocking in and it's keeping that up really rather than just oh look we've only two more weeks of this let's just get through it when you know you've to do it for 12 months it's it's tough and I think it's a harder thing and that's why actors like Hollywood actors go I love I love theatre and I, they want to do a play because they want to be able to get an instant reaction from an audience uh, and be able to hold that for like a seven, eight week run. Yeah. Theatre is the start of it. And have you, do you think there's a big difference between playing a role in theatre and playing a role in music theatre, musical theatre? Or have you, you know, have you, do you have a desire to perform in theatre or are you really like a, you're a musical star? I guess no it's get I'd love to do everything love to do everything and it's when I do a musical people like you can get you can get actors who go because they're in musical theatre they go yeah but I want to do a play I want to do TV I want to do film and people will say to me yeah but don't you want to get into TV or film but then you have TV and film actors who go I'd love to do a play mm. and then more of them movie wise are coming there's loads of musical movies that are coming out and it's also they want to test their vocal chops but to do a musical, you have to be able to dance, sing, and act. To do a play, you have to be able to act. Yeah, and it's it's all these different things where I think musicals are getting uh, a lot more respect now because mm -hmm. the ability you have to have to do it, where people turn their noses up at them. They all thought it was top hats and tails and tap dancing, where they're 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 not. They deal with issues that that are that are current and relevant, and musical always tells the story where text can no longer can no longer tell and it's 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 that sort of thing where we're that's really really 
what's the word like flourishing now where people are getting interested in it and it's I think it's a much harder thing to do and I've enjoyed musical theatre it's been so good to me I've no intention of of ever giving up on it Mm. but definitely when my agent rings me and he goes right there's a play at the Abbey I'll go yeah we're jumping at it yeah and then he'll ring there's a we had an audition for like there's a TV series coming up but it clashes with this and I go well I'd actually like I'd prefer to do this so let's let's put that on the and those sort of things are grand where you can get a TV or a film and the film will be two months but you just crack it out for two months have a month off and then you do another movie and that's yeah. Hollywood that's how they do it but I like when it's a musical or a play for 12 months yeah. or for five months and I know where I am and I can set up a little home and I know a base or whatever there's loads of time to do uh, TV and film but it's definitely made me stronger as an actor mm. doing musicals and made my voice stronger you mentioned earlier on about Cameron McIntosh saying that that Irish and Welsh voices really suited um, the Les Mis, the mm. songs of Les Mis. And c- can we talk a little bit about being Irish in London and mm. what that's what that's like? Um, you know, there are very few, well, maybe this is my ignorance, but there are very few really successful Irish musical mm. stars. Mm. There's Colm Wilkinson, obviously, mm. that we mentioned, and Siobhan McCarthy, who's who's in uh, Donegal with you. Mm. But there aren't, you know, the, it. I suppose in my head there aren't people who go, oh, that's a, you know, you would immediately think of British actors or American actors yeah. who are really kind of synonymous with musicals. And is it, is there a, Ireland is, this, I suppose, seen as this nation of singers and wordsmiths, and do you think that plays an advantage oh, for yeah. you as a... Oh, completely. If, if you train in Arts Ed, Guildford, uh, and you go to, let's just say again, you go to a Les Mis audition, and you walk in, you go, hello, my name is such and such, and I'm going to sing this, and you sing it. Thank you very much. She might be okay for this role. Let's give her a recall. This guy comes on, hello, sing this, sing this, sing this. Very good. First of all, we come on, and our accent is different. So we instantly get asked the question, oh, are you from Ireland? And I go, yeah, 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 where are you from? And we have only from what I've been told we have this natural lovely charm about us where people will go I want this job I need this job Mm. I'll kill anyone for this job we'll go hang on we're all putting on costumes and pretend to be people it's not it's not life or death okay we can so there's that sort of relaxed atmosphere as well as we're very helpful we want to do our best what do you need Uh, yeah I can do that do you need me to do this and they people who are employing you for 12 months want to work with nice people yeah. rather than he's caused a bit of trouble because he's thinking about himself all the time or he's not he doesn't really work with an ensemble group where the vibe I've gotten is Killian's lovely to work with he comes in on time he's very friendly and he just does his, does his job uh, and that's that's being Irish mm. and that's what I was saying when I was teaching the students in the college I was saying you instantly have something unique about you and that's being Irish so you'll go over to an audition and you already stand out the moment you go, hello, and you give them a lovely smile. You get asked, oh, are you from Ireland? And then, of course, they'll say, oh, my great-great-grandfather's dog walker's from Ireland. John Doyle, do you know him? Yeah. It's all those sort of lovely little things about our tiny country that make us stand out around the rest of the, wor- yeah. the, rest of the world. And it really, really stands to us. So, yeah, I absolutely love love going into auditions and going hello I had one the other day and it was really early in the morning 
but I walked in and I don't know I just it's not it's not like I'm being rude but I just stand there and I go I I want a conversation how are we how are we doing are we all right how's it going and you see a director who just is like taken back by this not expecting sort of a conversation yeah. But it's like, I'm just asking you a question. Are you all right? How's it going? <laughs> and he's going, well, yeah, it was all right. I'm a bit tired today. I know. Uh, how are you? I'm grand. I'm grand. The weather's awful outside, isn't it? And we just talk about the weather. And yeah. it's it's that sort of uh, friendliness or that, I, that I've that i been, like, what put into me here in Ireland yeah. that stands for me. So you're about to go to New York City. You're about to make your Broadway debut in Kinky Boots. Yeah. So congratulations, first Thank of all. Thank you so much. That is amazing. Thank you. Um and so how did that I know you've played you've you've played the same role um in in Kinky Boots in London. Yeah. So how how did it how did it come about that the the that they are bringing you to New York? To I show? I just remember we, when we did our dress rehearsal the two producers who have a, like they produce about six Broadway shows and they came to see our dress rehearsal in London. And there's a phone call moment in the show and I cry during the phone call. And one of the producers came up to me and he goes, I've never seen it done like that before. I absolutely loved it. I was like, oh, thank you very much. And he goes, you've just, yeah, what you've done with the character is very unique. All this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'd worked on it with the director and we tried to get our own thing. But it was just nice hearing that and knowing you're going in the right direction. And you jump to about six months later and we're at the Olivier Awards, uh, like pre-drinks. And he comes up to me and my mom was my date and him and his uh, producer, his co-producer comes up and the two of them go, look, we don't know if you'd be interested, but we're, we'd like to take you. Uh, and it's like, my, the character's called Charlie. So it's like, we'd like to take your Charlie uh, to jump into the Broadway company. And you, and you, you, there's a pause and you look at them and you go, okay, as if they're going to continue talking. Uh, would you be interested? But only if you're interested in that. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? Are you serious? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we like what you've done with the character. We think it's very different. So we'd like to put it into the Broadway show. Uh, now we're thinking of Christmas time. This is back in April. We're thinking of Christmas time. Maybe a six month run till May. Uh, but but only if you're interested. I was like, are you, sorry, six months on Broadway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing the doing this show on Broadway. I was just asking the same question. Yeah. It didn't hit me. And. I went over and watched the show about two weeks after that. I was over for four days and I said I'd go in and watch the show and I got a little tour of the stage and it is identical to London. The only thing that's different is looking out into the auditorium but everything is identical. Mm. Where the treadmills are, where a certain prop is, like a cup, it's identical. So I was like this will be so easy because I know the show like the back of my hand and they can easily just pick me up and plop me in but they said now we understand that you're doing a show in Dublin and I go yes and I go well we'd love if when you finish that then we'll pick you up and put you in so it was just like such an amazing feeling where before I go to New York I'll get to come home I'll get to come home and do a show which I've not been home in about nine years I'll get to see friends family chill here and then I can go off to New York for six months so it's just recharging my batteries really in a way mm. coming home and I'm I completely know how lucky I am but it's it's that thing of I I'll, I'll, I love I love flying the flag yeah I love coming home and I love going over there and yeah it's it's 
it's an absolute gift and I'm so so excited I don't think it's really hit me now I'm in the middle of like visas applications and all this so I don't think it's hit me because I'm enjoying the Abbey and Donegal too much and we've only like two and a half weeks but I don't want to, to end I'd love to do this for a 12 month yeah. contract being here being home but I, I know it has to but at the same time it's like it's as I said it's recharged my batteries and I love being in a Broadway show and on my CV having the Irish credits yes that's what's cool okay Abbey Theatre Dublin yeah. do you know what I mean that's what's amazing Killian hails from Ireland, Ireland. yeah <laughs> no training you're taking all your success in like I think really in your stride which is great but are you surprised by it are you surprised yeah. by oh, your yeah. success oh yeah this is this is growing up in Kilmessen and doing Fagan in the local hall age nine no way would you think Broadway Broadway's I wouldn't say Broadway was always a dream. Broadway is definitely, oh my God, wouldn't you love to do that? I'd love to do that. But when it, like my contract will be till May and I say this to the students, I say, then I'm still an actor looking for the next job. It's not like, because students were going, oh my God, that's my dream. And I go, well, hang on now. You could do a Broadway show for a year and that's your dream done. So what do you do after that? Yeah. You, do you do another one? Because you've just done another Broadway show. So it's that thing of I want to be an actor. I want to do different things. Now I'm playing a, a country and western singer songwriter from Donegal. I'm going to be a shoe factory owner from Northampton. I've played a radio disc jockey from Memphis. You want to change and be different things. So it's it's those sort of things where I'm I'm very lucky, lucky where I am and and loving loving every minute of it. But uh, yeah, it's it's it hasn't quite hit me yet. Mm. I have one last question for you, which yeah. is, if you could play any one musical role, whether role, a lead or yeah. not, do you? Is there one that you would love the chance to? Do sing? you know what I? I hate when people get asked this question and they go, "No, because I just take it in my stride and whatever comes along, I want the new challenge." Where I'm going, that's such a boring answer. And I used to say that, but then I was like, actually, have a think about it. And I remember seeing Jersey Boys and Bob Gaudio, who's the singer songwriter. For Jersey Boys he sings Oh What A Night and he plays piano and I was going oh I'd love to do that I'd absolutely love to do that so that was my answer Bob Gaudio and he sings Oh What A Night belting that out in the West End or Broadway I think when I've seen the Bob Gaudios do that I've gone that is the best part I'd love to give that a shot yeah but uh, yeah great well, Killian, thank you very much thank it you very much to chat to you you too and good luck with the rest of the run of the show thank you and on Broadway thank it's you very exciting thank you very much cheers Thank you.